Welcome back to the Chris Duncan Podcast. I am very excited for today's episode. I got a good one in store for you amazing, beautiful listeners. I have Meg Kay uh, on today's episode, who is a personal trainer. She's an online coach, and she has an amazing uh, brand and business and, and Instagram following. She's putting out some amazing content. She's got a really great message. And her journey and transformation over the last 10 years, which is what we dive into in today's episode, has been very inspiring. You know, her, her transformation, not only physically, which has been amazing in itself, but her shift in mindset uh, over the last 10 years, going from skinny Meg, who was not very confident at all, and uh, was scared of going into the weights room and you know, seeing her journey from that version of herself to where she is now is a, a really interesting and inspiring journey to witness and, and to talk about and to dive into, which is what this episode is all about. So sit back, relax, and uh, I hope you enjoy today's episode. As usual, if you do find value out of this episode, feel free to share it, take a screenshot, post it onto your Instagram story. I would greatly appreciate it. And also remember to tag both myself and Meg uh, to let us know that you've watched today's episode. Even if you want to just send either of us a message and give us some feedback on the podcast, that would be extremely, uh, we, we would we would appreciate that a lot. Uh, and that's it. That's all from me for this little uh, little introduction. Let's get into the, let's not waste any more time and let's get into today's episode. I hope you enjoy this conversation and uh let's do this thing meg how you doing chris i'm doing awesome how are you i'm doing amazing i'm doing amazing you're one of my first first guests on the show actually i'm so very honored (laughs) (laughs) awesome yeah i um i did a couple episodes on my own and then you know i had a bit of a bit of a list of a couple of people that i thought would would come on and yeah you were one of the first people that came to mind so yeah I think it's going to be a a good chat. I'm really chuffed. And I really liked your most recent one as well. Oh, the alcohol one? Yeah. Yeah, That was a goodie. Resonated with that one a lot. I mean, not alcohol in particular, but just the whole, all of the concepts you were talking about and I really resonated with. Yeah, we've all all got something. For me, it's been alcohol, but something that, you know, holds us back and and sabotages Mm. us, right? What do you think it's been for you? In the more recent months, food. Um, And then another one I think is more self-sabotaging in the way of just lack of self-belief, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I want to kind of start a lot of these podcasts with guests by just diving into a couple of, uh, yeah, random questions and help the listeners get to know you a little bit better, like dive a bit deeper than what people see on social media, I suppose. So yeah, let's start with a couple of questions. What is your biggest fear, Meg? I love that you're just starting with a hard hitting one, just straight into it. Hey, let's dive in. <laughs> let's dive in. No my biggest fear. Uh, I would say that my biggest fear is not doing myself proud and just circling back to what we just talked about, you know, self-sabotaging and getting in my own way and not tapping into, I suppose, my potential. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I definitely connect with that one. I, and that's something I, you don't really hear too many people say. It's always like heights or <laughs> snakes or <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. I mean, if we're talking that kind of uh, sector, sharks and alligators and crocodiles, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So anything, in the, yeah, things, reptiles yeah. in the water then. Oh, they terrify right. me. 
<laughs> cool, cool. Okay. So next question, what are some things uh, that you're most proud of at the moment? At the moment, easily my clients, both online and face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Easily, easily, yes. Uh, third question, Meg, what is a perfect day look like for you? Is this a perfect day that, you know, excludes work? Excludes work, yeah. Okay, you caught me off guard because I could have told you a perfect day that involved work. But if it's excluding work, I mm-hmm. would wake up in the morning around six, yep. um, listen to a murder mystery type video on YouTube or watch a food review channel show, um, <laughs> get ready. Yes, I love my YouTube videos. All right. Um, spend a bit of time with my dogs, make some breakfast, definitely get out in the sun. I've been making a point of being in the sunshine in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, what else would I do? I train at night. I would probably catch up with my girlfriends. I would go for a walk, mm-hmm. um, probably shoot some content. Oh, no, that's work related. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if that's, if that's fun for you, I'd say we can include that. Yeah. Okay. I definitely would do that. Um, Oh, you've caught me off guard because I can't, I don't know what I would do with a complete day off. Um, (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're always, you're always in kind of work mode then, I guess, or training mode. A little, a training mode for sure. And if I've got the day off, you know that I'm going to be spending a good couple of hours in the gym because that's my me time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you train at night. Do you, um, what time do you usually train? I usually start training around 4 p.m. into the night, like 6.37 Oh, wow. Okay. That's a long time. I know. I know. But it's because I dilly dally and I love talking with people in the gym. So if I was to go head down, bum up, I'd probably be out there, out of there in like 90 minutes. Yeah. But that kind of serves as like both your training and like almost social interaction too, right? Yes. Yes. It's my fave. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Do you have caffeine before your sessions out of interest? I've been trying to, I've been trying to reduce my caffeine consumption in the later afternoon. Um, because even if I can fall asleep, I don't find that the sleep is as restful if I've had Mm -hmm. caffeine in the afternoon. So Mm -hmm. I try to stop having, I have my last coffee maybe around one or two at the very latest. Mm -hmm. Um, just so it's hopefully out of my system. If I've got a crazy session, I'll have some beforehand. Um, Mm -hmm. because you know, caffeine, caffeine really does complement training. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, I asked because yesterday I trained with my PT and I usually train like usually around one o'clock or so to 12 o'clock. That's when I tend mm-hmm. to feel the best. And I also like to have a bit of caffeine because I don't really have caffeine aside from before training. And I, I only train three, four times a week. So yeah. um, I'm really only having it that amount of times. And uh, yesterday I was kind of running late and we ended up training at about 3.30 uh, oh, and dear. I had caffeine then. And, you know, uh, I did, I still got to sleep fine, but like I just, cause I sort of track my sleep with a, with an aura ring. It's like a sleep mm-hmm. tracker mm-hmm. and um, yeah, my deep sleep and everything was just so much lower. So it's crazy how it affects you, right? You know what? I just read something really interesting. Um, a girl called Chrissy Dusk that I follow on Instagram. She was talking oh, yeah. about how, how tracking our sleep and those sleep apps can actually um, dampen or give us a bit of sleep stress because mm. if we we take a look at what our sleep analytics were like the day after and it suggests that we had a bad sleep, yep. it kind of just gives us a bit of anxiety there. So I'm really intrigued by those sleeping apps. I have tried to use one before. Um, mm. But, yeah, I didn't realise you were getting PT, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's only been a very recent thing. I'm kind of keeping okay. it, well, up until now, I guess, I was <laughs> keeping it under wraps. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's only been uh, probably, well, I've done about seven sessions with him now, I think. But um, yeah, I think it's always important to, because I've always, 
had uh, business coaches and mentors mm-hmm, and things, mm-hmm. but I haven't ever really had a, a PT. So, um, so yeah, he's um, done like professional bodybuilding, powerlifting, all sorts awesome. of amazing stuff. And yeah, yeah, his knowledge is just next level. So I want to, um, and it's always good, as you know, to get someone like a second set of eyes to look at your form and keep you mm-hmm. accountable and stuff like that. So you would know though. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it was a decision for yourself, not something that you might uh pass on to all of your clients as well or is it kind of a mix of both yeah i'd say a mix of both but mostly for myself to be honest yeah i kind of knew that some of the knowledge i would get i'd be able to pass down which is kind of a bit of a side benefit but Mm -hmm. for the most part it was for my own growth and learning and to kind of be pushed out of my little comfort zone because you know as as you probably have experienced if you're in the fitness industry and you're looking after your own clients sometimes uh you can kind of end up coasting on your own if you don't have anyone to answer to so um that's really the biggest reason but getting back to my random question uh what's been your biggest challenge lately do you think okay so i the first one that comes to mind would certainly circle back to your first question about my biggest fear and then the self-sabotage so having you know a couple of projects lined up that I'd love to share with the world but you know procrastinating and putting them off and using work as an excuse not to but more so just being a little bit I guess nervous to unleash it into the online space Mm. that's one um and then another would probably be and I'm sure you'll be able to relate to this one just work-life balance and disconnecting from work when you're not supposed to be working Mm, 100 Mm percent 100%. 100%. Yes. How's your, uh, on that topic, uh, how's how's your screen time looking? Oh, don't ask, please. <laughs> <laughs> please don't ask me. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard. Like if you have a... If you have an online business, it's almost like it's 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 work and leisure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The two are overlapping immensely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. use your phone much before bed? Uh, you know what? I've been clonking out and got falling asleep pretty much as my head gets on the pillow recently. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I do use it all the way up until bedtime. Yeah, same yes. most of the time. I'm trying to implement a bit of, like, self-care, like, uh, in the nighttime, like, before dinner. So, you know, just trying to chill, uh, calming my mind down, maybe doing some meditation. But, yeah, it's hard. Sometimes Instagram just pulls you in. Oh, for sure. I really do want to have a crack at um, meditation as well because a couple of my clients have said that it's been really, really helpful for them. Yeah. Yeah, but like meditate, like I, I'm a bit different with meditation. Like I do my own, I guess, style because, you know, this is pretty common for people and maybe for, for those listening, um, you know, sometimes like sitting down in a room with your eyes closed and listening to meditation, like your mind kind of goes all over the place, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Especially if you've been on your screen all day and uh, and working and you've got things going on. So yes. um, I like to do a bit of an active meditation where I'm you know, listening to meditation music, but kind of having a bit of a stretch, moving around, doing a bit of breath work and um, it, sometimes even walking. Like I'll go for a walk okay. and, and try and just breathe deeply. And so, yeah, it, I think it can be, um, you can change it up to suit you. Would you find, do you find that you've um, noticed a bit of a difference there? Yeah, hundred percent. So mm. I usually include it in my like morning routine. Like the first thing I usually do is um, get up, go for a walk, listen to an audio book. And then towards the end of the walk, I'll kind of try and if there's some sun, I'll sit in the sun, um, listen to some meditation and sort of like move around. Yeah. Stretch. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing way to start the day. Yeah. I suppose mm. I kind of semi do that when I go in the morning and spend time with my dogs that could be my version of meditation yeah exactly and to like to a degree training is sort of like a, a an active meditation as well 
Mm. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. So, uh, what last random question? Then we'll start getting into your journey, Meg, which I'm excited to dive into. But um, if you could relive one day in your life, what would it be, and why? You know what? I remember you asking me this in a random Q and A a couple of maybe like a month or so ago. Yeah, and I remember. I that. really struggled. I really struggled, <laughs> but I think I have an answer for you today. Yep. And it's going to sound super cliche, but I think it would just be to relive any day but if we were talking specifics um it would be last year but i'll get into that in a second so any day because every single day i think we all to a degree take it for granted mm-hmm. and you know that phrase stop and smell the roses like yeah as a very simplified example me driving to work every single day it might take me like a good three months before i realize hey there's mm-hmm. a beautiful you know, tree that I pass, you know, on this road every single day. And I'm only noticing it now because I'm too caught up in everything in my own thoughts to really Mm. just soak in what's going around me. Mm. So any day really, but last year when I kind of transitioned into online coaching and personal training, it was such a whirlwind and so busy that I can just only vaguely remember what was going on. So I'd love to just sink into that. Even if it was just one day when I was really, really feeling my most independent and successful self and just relishing that, I suppose. Mm. Mm. All yeah. right. I like Bit that. Of a random answer. Yeah. No, but I like that. I like that. It's a nice perspective. And uh, <laughs> every day, it's funny that you said like that was your response because I have a little thing hanging in my uh, bedroom that I only just put in here a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. Oh, so, I love that. It's funny, like as you were answering that, I was sort of looking at it and thinking, "No way!" She's literally, basically saying what I'm looking at right now. So that's that, I like that answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> I like the perspective. But um, yeah. So enough with the with the with the deep dive questions. We'll kind of uh-huh. get into your journey a little bit. So let's, let's sort of go back to um a time, and you probably can. <laughs> it's probably hard to remember now, but um. <laughs> What were you up to and when did you sort of get into training uh, initially? It had to have been over 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, unofficially, you know, before I really took training seriously and just got into weightlifting, the yep. influence came directly from my dad because he has always been very much into weight training and mm. exercise. Uh, before then, you would not catch me even running past or like, sorry, walking um Faster than like, let's just say a brisk walk. I was very, very sedentary. I yep. had every excuse in the book to avoid swimming carnivals and sports days. Um, and then one day just kind of flicked. I it finally caught on, you know, seeing my dad commit to his training five, six days a week. And I just wanted to replicate that. I wanted to marry him. Um, mm. And... <clears throat> That's why I always am harping on about how important it is to surround yourself with people that you want to be like, because it really does make a difference, um, even if it takes a while. So saw dad, saw how committed and healthy and uh, dedicated he was to his training, was like, I want to come with you to the gym, dad. And that was it. That was history. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. So what sort of of training was he doing? Like same sort of stuff you're doing now or what was he up to? More or less the same. A bit more bodybuilding-esque because you know that I do more powerlifting style training at the moment. Mm. Uh, But we would just, we would hit up the little hotel gym and there'd be one leg extension machine, a leg press machine, a couple of treadmills and um, Mm. maybe like a cable machine. And that's what I did for a couple of years. 
Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Well, shout out to dad for uh, getting you on the right Thanks, <laughs> on the right track and, um, <laughs> and inspiring you a lot in a way, but you're so right about that. Like you're, who you surround yourself with is incredibly important. And even mm-hmm. um, getting back to what we we're talking about just before, uh, just training with this new coach of mine and, mm-hmm. you know, just being around him and, and being in his energy and listening to his story, it's incredibly motivating. And it's just, yeah, really shifted my uh, mindset. And, you know, sometimes I think we don't really realize how much of an impact we have on our own clients, right? So I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So awesome, awesome. So when you first started getting into training, you were just sort of training with dad. When did you sort of transition into, I guess, training on your own and starting to work with coaches and things like that? There was a little bit of a period where me and my best friend, Gam, joined a gym, our very first gym. Mm -hmm. And we went through the same phase that many of us are, in the beginning of our fitness journeys have gone through, which is, you know, doing classes, um, kind of not really having too much of an understanding of what we were doing, feeling a little bit out of our depth and yeah, doing a lot of classes um, Mm. because that's our safe space, you know? And then I probably, oh, when did I start getting coached? Um, 2000 and let's say maybe 2013. So how long ago was that? No, that's, that's way too early. Maybe like five years ago, I probably invested in my first coach. Yeah. Um, absolutely life-changing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but that was like a, a fair amount of time though from when you started with your dad to when you started with yeah. a coach, like a few years there. So, you know, during that time, let's kind of, I guess, speak to, because there's so many women out there, right, that are, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the same position you were that in mm-hmm. during that time. So, you know, doing classes, but they want to make some progress, but probably don't yet have the confidence to you know go into the weights room for example so oh yes um yeah and i even um i put a post up the other day about um you know females trying to get stronger and eating plenty of food but a lot of women are still stuck in that sort of classes i need to be sort of skinny i need to restrict my calories so yeah like what would do you think would be would, would have been your biggest keys from going to that kind of not so confident meg to eventually uh, where you are now, I suppose? Well, the very obvious answer to you, Chris, would be time, right? Mm. And the second would be exposure. Exposure to anything, you know, just inevitably is going to mean that we're more equipped, well-equipped to handle it. Mm. I was that person. I was on, you know, on the gym floor in the weights area and I would twiddle my thumbs and think, oh, God, what do I do with my hands again? And just think everyone <laughs> was looking at me. Yeah. I have been there and it's not something that happens overnight, but sometimes, you know, you get a little bit of anxiety. I've had clients, I've had girls tell me that they've driven to the gym and it's been a bit of a peak hour time and they realize the gym's busy and turn around and go home. It just breaks my heart because I just yeah. think you've just got to muster on and keep going because the more you expose yourself to it, the more your confidence and your self-esteem is just going to shine through. Yes. Um. So that that little period between like, train uh first joining that gym and then getting a coach mm-hmm. i had really really low self-esteem um mm-hmm. but i suppose i was just driven driven by the incentive or like just the urge to be able to tap into you know my ideal self and the only way i'm going to do that is to just show up right somebody once said to me that the only way to get through something tough is just to go through it mm. so i'd probably say that yeah 
Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's a great answer. So mm-hmm. it's really is just exposure therapy, repetition, and just also trying to keep that desire alive to get better and improve. And just then, show up. Yeah. 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 Just show up. That's one of your things, right? Just show yeah. up anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> great stuff. So, okay. So you went from training with your dad, doing some classes, and you obviously just kept at it, kept at it, exposure, exposure. Yes. When did you sort of get to a point where you were like, okay, I want to kind of take this journey a little further and, um, and maybe reach out to a coach and mm-hmm. what was that kind of process like for you? The same thing with being exposed to, you know, motivational and good people around you. My workspace, I happened to work uh, next to a gym. It was a strength and conditioning gym. And I would see these people who were so, they lived and breathed fitness they lived and breathed strength and conditioning and doing it the right way Mm. and I just loved what they were about so I reached out to uh, the owner of the gym Nathan Wallace and said hey I would love for you to coach me I think I'm ready to actually focus on my performance as opposed to how I look because I'm getting Mm. sick of it I'm getting sick of my own bs it's it's not it's not purposeful enough to always worry about how you look I want to train well I want to train hard I want to feel good internally so he took me on and I guess that's when my attitude towards training shifted in the best way possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. And it's, it's exciting that we're having this conversation right now because uh, I'm kind of in the midst of making a lot of changes to my business and the way that I, I guess, approach coaching clients because you know, up until this point, it's all been for the most part about body transformation and, you know, uh, majority of clients want to focus on weight loss and it's all about yes. um, tracking calories and, and all of that, which is, you know, that's, that's a good tool to use, but I'm kind of going, feeling myself going in a different direction and, and wanting to, uh, I guess, focus more on, on what you're focusing on, which, and, yeah. and, uh, and transition them from weight loss and restriction and obsession to, and thinking about their, their body so much and the scale so much mm, and, and get mm. them into more of a, um, you know, performance-based mindset, like you said, so getting strong and building their confidence and training to to feel good and train for their mental health and things like that. So, yeah, it's amazing that we're we're chatting about. We're on this the now. same page. Yeah, I love, absolutely. I love, love, love that. And there is so much value that you know, just the more traditional coaches out there who offer great weight loss and fat loss tools. There's so much value to them as well. Yeah. But what you're offering. It just so happens that a residual side effect is that you will feel great and you will look great too, but yeah. you'll always be driven by feeling great, which is why yeah. it's going to be a lifestyle that you can hang on to for a long, long time. Yep. A hundred percent. And uh, yeah. I think, you know, the, the physical uh, results and the weight loss and w- that's kind of, I want that to be, a, I guess, more of a, a side benefit and a, and a mm. bit of a, uh, a focus on the side. Instead, And if, if you're focusing primarily like you have been, uh, mm-hmm. And I guess when you started with your coach, getting into that mindset of performance, um, the results come on, on the back of that anyway. But training, and and you can speak to this and maybe continue on with this point, mm. but um, training for performance and getting strong is much more enjoyable anyway. And it makes you, you know, when you start seeing progress on the barbell as opposed to the scale, um, it's more empowering, right? Can you kind of yes. speak to your experience with that? Oh, it is so rewarding. I... I have this innate urge to just shout to the world, like specifically at females, how rewarding strength training and focusing on your performance can be. Mm. It has been without a doubt my savior when it comes to looking after my mental health, because when you're driven, when your purpose is your performance, 
as opposed to the way you look. It means that you don't have to tie in so much pressure or weight into how you look aesthetically. You know, um, mm. I, I just sometimes if because, we, you know, we are all human and sometimes we might get jaded or think about the way we look a bit too much. We might be having a rough week, whatever it may be. And mm. I have to remind myself that if none of us could see at the moment and then we were all blind, all mm. would we, we would be focusing on is how good we feel internally. Mm. And weight training, powerlifting makes me feel so good internally. Yes. Yes, I love that. When you first started, uh, when you said something there, I literally got some goosebumps. When you were <laughs> so, uh, that's amazing because I, I really do feel the same way. And I want to kind of get all of my clients that I coach now and all future ones into that mindset that you're in now. So um, that's, that's really, really nice to hear. So, but getting back to, um, okay, when you started with your first coach, mm-hmm. uh, what were you kind of feeling like? Were you kind of like a little, little nervous? Were you excited or what, what was kind of going through your mind at that time? Certainly nervous. Um, you know, you. I felt like a little bit of a doofus, really, because I thought I've got so much to learn about how to execute these lifts yeah. well. I had. You feel, I had like, you feel like a bit of a baby giraffe, like yeah, a, kind oh, of falling all over the, the place. Coordination alone, <laughs> yeah. like you, yeah. you definitely have to earn it. But that's why mm. investing in a coach uh, is so useful because they mm. give you the tools that you need to be able to execute things safely, which is important, yeah. safely, efficiently. And then when you master it, you just feel like a boss. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like even with uh, my new coach, I 100% have been feeling that. Like I, for the most, like I know movements quite well. Like, but but I, well, I I should say, I thought I knew movements quite well (laughs) because he has very very much uh, humbled me. And even just the most basic things like lat pull down, I was doing it, you know, decently and it looked fine, uh, I guess, to most people, but uh, I really wasn't stimulating my lats and, and, and like to their full potential. So, uh, yeah, I assume you went through the same thing. That is so funny that you say that. Cause my more recent, my latest coach who's been overseeing my training. I was like, okay, here's my squat bench dead. How are they? Which one would you trust me most to teach someone else? And he was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, like, maybe bench good. press. And I was like, I thought I was so good. Um, <laughs> But there's always more to learn. You know, there's nobody's mastered any lift completely. And if they think they have their line. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And it also, you know, if you, if you want to really get good at them, uh, cause I feel like I actually, my first, one of my um, teachers back when I got qualified for fitness, I, it always mm. stuck with me. He said, no one's ever going to do a movement like a hundred percent perfectly, like nice. really ever. Um, you might get to like 95, 98, mm-hmm. but you're never going to do it completely perfectly. So it ends you know, it's, if you want to get close to that a hundred percent, you need to be doing it very consistently oh, and yes. practicing it, like uh, playing the piano or, or doing anything that, that's a skill, right? Lifting is a skill. For sure. So, yeah. Always stuck around with me. So, all right. So you started with your first coach. Uh, mm-hmm. So what was those, what were those first few months like with him? Oh, let's see. Um, well, I, I finally, I suppose, could comprehend what it felt like to train hard, you know, intensity in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and I became just insatiably hungry. I, <laughs> I, I was eating so much. Mm. I was never satisfied. And I suppose it was because I was just, there was so much output in the gym and I was training, training so, so hard. 
Um, so it was kind of like an unintentional growth phase for me for a couple of years. And I put on a lot of good muscle. I put on a bit of weight um, yeah. and it was all training. With with that coach, all we really focused on was my performance for a good couple of years. And it wasn't until mm. um, more recently that I discovered the nutritional side of things and tracking mm. macronutrients and all that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking at your because you put a before and after on your Instagram, was it just mm. yesterday, I think? Yeah, yeah. And um, the transformation's been incredible. But, you. you know, just uh, thinking about what you just said, like I think those uh, that time where you were just focusing on performance and eating more, that probably really built a lot of foundations to and, and put, like you said, put on muscle to the point that you are now. And yes. But I wanted to ask you, uh, because obviously during that time you were probably eating a bit more, maybe even gaining a little bit of weight. Yeah, for sure. Were you were you initially kind of worried about that, like the weight gain side of things? I all I want to say to you is no, and that I took it on the chin and knew that it served a greater purpose. But of course, I was uncomfortable. Yeah. I was yeah. really worried. I I still probably had some residual uh anxiety towards weight gain even though that i was very performance driven um mm-hmm. it's something i've struggled with you know body image and when you're growing or in a surplus it can be quite daunting thinking oh you know i'm usually a lot leaner than this or whatever it mm-hmm. may be yeah mm-hmm. it, it definitely worried me yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh and i think that's it's a real tricky one for a lot of women to so many yeah, and it really does uh, require, I think, in a lot of ways, coaching and, and rewiring the way that they're thinking, right? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, thinking about your journey and those that time you spent basically building yourself, right? You're building, mm-hmm. you were building your skills in the gym. You were building muscle, building your calories up, metabolism yes. up. Um, but that, I think, it's a real hard thing for women to approach uh and to to get comfortable in that kind of like going through that process but i think you know to get to the point and make the kind of transformation that you've made Mm -hmm. i think it's sort of necessary right it is i there there are ways you can cut corners but the most optimal way in my eyes is to take that route and um really embrace that part of the journey as well yeah yeah awesome okay so that was your first coach how many coaches have you had altogether? Uh, three. Okay. So yeah. the first one was just training. When did you kind of start, I guess, getting into like more of the nutrition, nutrition side of things? Of things. Yeah. I did double in a bit of nutrition with that coach as well. And then um, moved on to my next one who uh, I still am with and trust wholeheartedly with my nutrition. Yep. Now uh, I've been tracking macronutrients for a while now. And it's so funny that we're having like, we're having this discussion today because it was just recent weeks where I really wanted to intrude, you know, Chris Duncan uh, manner, simplify, minimize things. Um, And I've been thinking about steering away from fully tracking. I've been thinking about just like being a bit more mindful, maybe having a protein target because I still really want to be in optimal position to uh, induce muscle growth and maybe just like calories. And it is, it's definitely not the most optimal, but Mm -hmm. I think just from an overall being, healthy mindset type stance that's just kind of where my my gut's been telling me to go recently wow well yeah. uh, we, are, we are very much on the same i know page. it's actually and, blowing my mind yeah and also at the same time like i um i it's crazy i uh i've recently like i said changed the business and and all, for all new clients i'm i'm sort of not even getting them to to track well at least not uh really 
not every single calorie type thing. I'm just I'm giving them some simple yeah. rules like heat like heat your protein and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and just focus on performance. So it's crazy that we're both in the oh same headspace right now. Same yeah. wavelength, buddy. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So okay. So you you had your two coaches. When did you really start? I guess seeing the progress physically. Uh, I guess and and also, um, what was your what was your training experience like too? Like, were you making amazing progress straight away or was it more of a gradual mm. sort of thing? Oh, well, you know that a lot of uh, our strengths, uh, our strength PB, sorry, our progress happens a lot in the first couple of years of training. It just yeah. goes leaps and bounds and then it tapers off a little bit as you get more advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, yes, that was very much my experience as well, I yep. would say. Yeah. Um, what about physically? Like, when did you sort of start really noticing? Shit, I'm actually sort of seeing some progress from all this, all this training. Oh yeah, probably in like the first or second year, I could see a little bit, and then let's say in the third to fourth year, that's when I felt like my body shape was changing because with bodybuilding or hypertrophy based training, you are able to manipulate like where muscle will go to, not where you lose it, but where it will go to. Right. So it was training a lot of lower body and I could see my body started to take shape because it was a little bit up and down in the beginning. Um, But in terms of like a physique where I feel like I've made really big strides is Mm -hmm. probably after I had my um, second diet because I've only seriously dieted, three times now once for a powerlifting competition second Mm -hmm. for a bodybuilding and then the third for another powerlifting competition um and so yeah the second time round, which actually happens to be last year (laughs) right yeah cool cool Mm. and i just want to really uh reinforce what meg just said there for all of the all of you ladies listening and fellas for that matter uh you said you really started to see progress after was it like three four years you said yeah yeah, so you know, a little different from <laughs> what uh, you may see in eight-week challenge marketing. Oh, it's a slow like burn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially for muscle growth, like maybe fat loss, you can see see some a bit more immediate, in a yeah. few months. But yeah, muscle growth, particularly for women too, is a very long-term thing. Oh, right? it's hard. Yeah. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. Yep, yeah, exactly right. And that's why transformations such as yours are particularly yeah, impressive because it's it's very hard. It takes a lot of patience, a lot of work, and um and there's really no but I think the best thing about it is you can't cheat it and you like earn it. If you, yeah, you definitely have to earn it, right? Yeah. So um yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> cool. Okay. So a little bit of a shift in gears. Uh what just to give, I guess, the listeners a little insight into your kind of routine, what does kind of a week look like in your life or week and daily routine? My weekly routine is all over the place, but at the same time structured because it, you know, I will have a lot of it revolving around my online clients and then I'll have Mm -hmm. a chunk of it made up of my face-to-face personal training clients. I'll, you know, I'll train four to five times a week. Everything else in the the between are, that like you know serve me like meal prepping spending time yeah. with my friends and family my dogs um mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a bit of a homebody I don't do much but I do love to eat out socially so if I am mm-hmm. going to do something with my girlfriends it will be you know go out for breakfast or something but that's yep. it um I I'm very much routine like yeah yeah mm-hmm. me too actually I'm kind yeah. of a I'm kind of a bit of a 
homebody myself. I like to spend a lot of time on my own. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, most of the things I do outside of that is the same as you, usually just yeah. having a meal or training or, um, you know, up until recently I was going for going for drinks and stuff. Yeah, as well. I was actually just about to ask that, how your lifestyle's kind of changed since making that connection and mm. stepping a little bit away from that. Uh, yeah, it hasn't changed heaps but Mm -hmm. i'm just feeling so much better and i'm not like like i said in the podcast i haven't like sort of cut alcohol out completely but it's just all of the um kind of pointless drinking right so having a few drinks at home or you know when my sister or a friend would come over we just have a few drinks just for the sake but i kind of got into that habit during covid last year just because everything was so crazy but um but yeah um i just I'm feeling a lot better. I'm sleeping better. So it's not so much, I guess, the lifestyle. It's more just mm. how I'm feeling. And I'm feeling so much more clear-headed, productive. Um, awesome. Even, you know, just doing these podcasts, I can I just feel in such a better headspace and um, training's better. So, yeah, um, it just – alcohol is – I'm going to really look at it as more of a treat rather than just yes. a regular thing that I do, right? So, yeah. Um, but in yeah, moderation, yeah. in moderation, it's fine. It's just an excess when it can be a bit dangerous. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. had a, uh, a a real drunk experience? Not for a long, long time. I definitely went through the party phase when I was 18, but I'm yep. nearing 30. I'm 28 now, so it's been a yeah. while. <laughs> All right. All right. So that was probably, yeah, back before you even started training or probably around the time, right? Around the time, yeah, just before maybe. Yeah. Did you, were you, did you go to like festivals and stuff much back then? I was or? a big festival rat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me oh, too. Good grief. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's weird thinking back to festivals now. It feels like a lifetime ago. I know. Yeah. Oh, good times though. But uh, yeah, I think with all the restrictions lately, I, I, I feel like I'd, I don't know if, how I'd go to festival these days though. I, I don't know. I think I'd, I don't uh, know I think it would kind of get on my nerves. <laughs> I think so too, actually. It's just, yeah. it's, you might not be able to relate, but I was having a conversation with my girlfriend by saying, as we get older, it becomes harder and harder to wear heels. And it's like, uh-huh. I think it's an age thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and also too, like the age, I don't know, uh, you might be the same, but being around big crowds of people as well, like I'm just less, less and less tolerant to that. These like days, you said, homebodies. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, more of a, you know, five, five to 10 people at the absolute most, even that's yeah. too much. These that's days. my cap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, all right. So you mentioned in your, uh, when I asked you about your weekly routine, that obviously clients take up a pretty big chunk of that time, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. um, coaching them, interacting with them. Yeah. Um, so you transitioned into PT and online, was it a year ago, you said? Yes. And I actually went into the online space first and then PT because oh. I was finishing up my certifications and waiting because we were in lockdown, just waiting. Oh uh, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a that's pretty unique. That is you. That is very backwards to the usual thing. I know. I know. Um, right. Well, then, I can definitely see why you, there yeah. there would have been some kind of growing pains with that then. Oh yeah, the the early morning clients, and then because you know when you start online coaching, you're trying to navigate through and make things more. You, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Just like make things a bit more streamlined. And I was just getting used to coaching online clients. So things that should take you ten minutes would take you like an hour. <laughs> so I was just, I think I was just a walking zombie for a while there. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a grind, and uh, if mm. you don't have the right couple of systems in place, it can yeah. be. Um, frustrating right yes yeah uh okay so and then you got into pt and how was that process for you training people face to face 
uh, initially, you know, like I said, a little bit tiring, but uh, still hands down one of the most rewarding parts about what I do for sure. I adore face-to-face training, training. Mm. And even though I could probably stop it altogether tomorrow, I think I'll continue to do it for a while because I find it super rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's uh, And it's also too just when you have good clients who you really connect with, it's yes. just, um, it's, it actually can be such a, yeah, like, like you said, rewarding, but also just enjoyable process when you're around the right kinds of energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. The best clients. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good because, you know, I think especially for newer PTs, I know I've definitely experienced this. Um, it's very easy to sort of attract, not, not the, not, not, not bad clients, but sometimes clients who maybe you're not quite on the same wavelength with, and it can be a little draining. So it's good that you, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's good that you have such a good relationship with most of your clients. Cause you know, sometimes you can get people that, you know, you might not connect too much with, or yeah. they can be a little bit draining. So, um, so yeah. How do you think you attract most of your clients through? Is it, is it Instagram or what do you, how do you kind of get them? I would probably say, yeah, mainly Instagram. Um, And it it does work out in my favor purely because I think that, you know, with Instagram, it, it, it speaks for, it's a voice for what you have to offer service wise. And as you, who you are as a person, and they probably Mm. resonate with me because they see the way that I train, they see the way that I eat and I carry myself. And I think, yeah, I'm about that. So usually when I meet clients or any of my existing clients, we really get along because we value the same things. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I guess to give give some of the listeners a bit of an insight. So you uh, basically created a bit of a amazing Instagram and, and social media following, build a little bit of a brand for yourself first, um, which is kind of opposite to what most people do. And then you went down the route of coaching clients. So, you mm-hmm. know, um, most people, like you said, uh, I guess they would know a lot about you and know your vibe before yes. starting coaching. So that helps so much, don't you think? It does. That's right. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Okay, so what what is kind of your approach with clients and what is do you think kind of the key to getting clients' results? Well, I – it's – in it's just deeply ingrained to me to always look out for their overall well-being. So, uh, you know, sometimes a client or a potential client will come to you and they will have a bit of a more uh, short-term, let's say superficial goal. Like I want to look toned. I want to lose weight. And I definitely have that at the forefront of my mind and want to help them get from, you know, uh, square one to square two or square yeah. A to square B. But yeah. deep down, I it's deeply ingrained into me to look out for the well-being of my clients and get them feeling really confident and really good yeah. internally. I always fall back onto that. Mm. And I just weave my way through. I always, the way that I speak, speak to them, I focus on performance. I will rarely comment on their the way that they look unless they open the conversation to that. I was always talk about them getting stronger. And Love slowly it. but surely they just fall in love with it too. Sometimes it yeah. takes a little bit longer to crack them. And I yeah. have had some clients come to me who really, really only want to focus on aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, maybe it could be a year later and they just live and breathe training and getting strong. But they've also happened to, you know, achieve body recomp or lost mm-hmm. a whole bunch of fat um, or weight or whatever it may be at the same time. Yep. And they 
have yeah learn to love the lifestyle so that's my approach i trick them into loving weight training for performance <laughs> and then they happen to also start to look awesome too <laughs> yeah yeah awesome awesome i like that like like the med, the med k uh method i guess mindset. Yeah. So, yeah it's uh getting them yeah, and getting them into your mindset and probably just being around you and talking to you just gradually starts to rub off on them the same way that I hope so. you know, yeah uh and 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 it's also such an amazing thing because you've obviously been training now for 10 years like you said mm-hmm. um and it's such a great way to sort of fast track their learning um and yeah help them kind of i guess avoid any of the mistakes or sort of yeah you're, you're kind of taking your 10 years worth of knowledge and packaging it up into coaching so it's so valuable for them so it's great yes yeah so that's that's the idea yeah good stuff good stuff <laughs> all right so let's just transition a little bit into because we touched on just then that you've kind of built up a bit of an amazing uh social media following and things like that and congrats on 50k by the way thank you so much <laughs> i did see that very uh monumental achievement but um <laughs> Yeah, what kind of um, initially inspired you to want to start posting content? Well, I I probably started to take it seriously. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Uh, I probably started taking my social media presence a bit more seriously last year when I launched the um, the online coaching and my training and my mm. services. Prior to that, I definitely, you can see, I this for myself right and I think it was just the urgency that I had in to get other women feeling the way I do feeling really good about training and I just thought what's the best way what's the quickest way I can speak to a lot of people and that would Mm. be just to preach everything I believe in online and do it really really authentically even if it takes a little bit longer um if that makes sense, you know, there's a lot of clickbaity things you can do to build up your following, but that's mm. not really going to serve me or the people that I want to serve. You know, mm-hmm. I mm. may as well take the route that resonates with me most. Yeah. Um, one, so that I can enjoy it and social media doesn't become like a chore or doesn't become like a toxic space for me, but just for mm. me to be myself and attract people that I want to be able to service and get them feeling the way I do about training. Just really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. And and that really does shine through, by the way, in, in the content you put out. I think, mm-hmm. I don't even remember when it was that we started following each other, but it was a while ago. <laughs> Ages um, ago. Yeah, probably you probably would have only been on 10K or something like that. I reckon, that. yeah. Yeah, but um, watching your journey has been, been really nice and also motivating even for me. So I think, um, you know, <laughs> your, and your, your content is always you got a good variety of stuff, I think, and mm-hmm. you hit things from, from different kind of angles. But, yeah, when, I guess, you said you started taking things more seriously, what do you sort of mean by that? Like um, did you kind of really say, okay, I want to grow or did you just want to focus on quality content, combination of everything? It what would be a combination. It would be a combination of both of those things. But uh, something that I learned probably in the early days of when I did marketing would be to speak to your audience alone. Mm. Um, so I envision the kind of person that I want to work with. And then if I'm writing a caption or thinking of content, I'm speaking to them, I Mm. suppose you could say. Um, Mm. and that could be framed in different kind of ways. It could be like the, the way that I word things or the language that I use, or it could be just like the kind of training that I put out. Like I I love sharing my training because I think maybe somebody's going to watch this today and get real Mm. hype and decide they're going to go train too. 
Yeah, do you know what? I've, it's even happened to me watching one of your videos. I swear, uh, you, you train hard, and some of your videos are, are pretty pump, pretty pump up. So, uh, yeah, it, it works. That's for sure. Yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as yeah, like what you said before about speaking to your audience specifically, yeah, um, it's so important for so for anyone I guess listening who wants to get into social media, um, try to pinpoint. Uh, I guess who you want to attract, uh, yes. who you want to work with, and and try to like dial in your content and the way that you like write captions and and put your message out there to speak to that one person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what would I guess your audience be? Do you think? I would say that you know my audience or the the female I'm trying to speak to is me five ten years ago, someone yeah. who's unsure, somebody who wants a bit more purpose who wants to enjoy training nutrition not see it as a chore or just a means to an end um and someone who's just a little bit lost you know um because you know the light at the end of the tunnel or i guess the end goal is somebody who really really thrives who has confidence in themselves who just radiates happiness i I hope and Mm. positivity um and trains really effing hard yeah yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think everything you just said, like if, if someone were to just sort of click on your profile randomly and look at your first few posts, that that comes across, I think, because you got um, you know, training, you've got nutrition, you got kind of little little bit of your own experience and life mm-hmm. advice and things in there. And I think the way you communicate, uh, it's it's obviously effective and working for you. So yeah. uh, props to you, my friend. Thank you. Props to you. Yeah. Um, all right. And also on this point, like, I guess another benefit of having like building a following, putting that effort in is, um, you kind of eventually start to attract brands and things like that as well. So mm-hmm. was that always kind of a goal for you? Maybe initially I thought that that could be definitely something that might propel me into growing my following. Mm. Um, and the brands that I do work with are ones that I truly love, but I have found myself turning away from more and more collabs just because I want to dedicate time to my clients and then developing my own, the services that, you know, my brand and the services that I offer because it can be yep. time consuming. It really can. Yeah. So pretty happy with the ones that I'm aligned with now. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of time consuming, if you want to put out consistent good content like you've done pretty much, like do you post every day? Almost. Yeah. Every yeah. every day or every second. Yeah, yeah. So it can like, but I think you get at it. It's it's kind of like training, yes. getting back to that as well. Oh, just for sure. Yeah, yeah. The more you do it, the more you familiarize with things, and you get into a bit of a flow. Um, but yeah, what what do you think if someone wants to just kind of let's say someone let's say Meg advice to Meg a few years ago who wanted to get into social media <laughs> and wanted to kind of build things. Um, what would be your advice to to Meg a few years ago? I would say that anytime you think of a piece of content that you want to share, mm-hmm. put a put a note in your phone or like just jot down the caption or just a couple of dot points that'll help you trigger it or remember mm-hmm. what it is that you wanted to share. Because sometimes I'll have a random idea at like 9, 11 p.m. on a Sunday and be like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. No, write it down. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely 
the quality of your photos does in, uh, it does matter, but more so just you being comfortable in front of the camera. If you get a stranger to take photos of you, you look rigid. So I mm. get, you know, a friend or even my mum or something to take a photo of me because I'm able to be a bit more fluid. Mm. And I know, I, I don't know if that um, makes too much sense, but no, that does, you're just yeah. able to be a bit more organic and actually like smile, but be smiling because you're probably cracking a joke in between with your friends and they're telling you you look like a dick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. I actually, um, yeah, I had a, a photo shoot for the first time, like a couple of months ago, first one oh, I've awesome. ever done. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally know what you mean. Cause what's that for? What's the photo shoot for? Um, just to get some, cause like, you know, I had, I don't really have many really quality photos, I guess. And it was just to get photos of me and, and kind of capture, I guess my, uh my message a little bit things that yeah. i'm sort of into so it wasn't necessarily like a fitness related shoot at all it was more of like me at the beach mm-hmm. and me uh you know uh with like a podcast mic and little things to kind of oh, yeah. um you know to capture my message and then i can kind of it gets my face on the brand a lot more which is something mm-hmm. i definitely needed to work on um because mm-hmm. i was posting you know a lot of like tweets and quotes and stuff yeah. like that which works well yeah. but it's been nice to get my face on there uh, a lot more lately and i think um it really like people need someone to relate to and people need your face on they like, do. to, to they see do. who you are so super yeah. important and um, it does I've help been, create that connection yeah totally totally yeah. um all right meg well this has been an amazing chat uh, thus far i've but, loved um, it <laughs> yeah it's been good it's been good uh and i can't believe how much we're kind of aligned to be honest it's it's been um been interesting but you're telling yeah. me we've got more to discuss after this <laughs> yeah i think we've only, yeah we've only sort of scratched the surface we'll have to do a, a meg part two i think <laughs> sounds good yeah. to me <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i guess lastly let's sort of think to the future um mm-hmm. where do you kind of want to take this thing you've got an amazing coaching business going on huge uh brand for yourself that you've built which is incredible but yeah what are your goals and, and ambitions i suppose for the for the future i i would just like to help more people i'm still navigating how i can do that how i can speak and educate and serve more females particularly um and that's something that i'm working on this year in terms of smaller things i have a couple of like ebooks i'd like to release uh Mm. at least in in this you know in 2021 uh yeah yeah, that's it for me what about you i'm really excited to see where you take this yeah i uh it's it's exciting well this podcast is was something that i put off for a long time but uh Mm. it's something that i've as soon as I started doing it, I'm like, man, I wish I did this sooner because it's it's just fun. And uh, yeah. so obviously, yeah, continuing to to grow this and, and also have amazing guests on like yourself and just have <laughs> interesting conversations. It's just a fun thing to do. And um, I think if I can enjoy it myself, then the list, people listening hopefully will too. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've really made a lot of changes to the minimalist method lately and I want to mm-hmm. really grow that and, um, and help women – basically get into the mindset that you've talked about in this podcast. So um, I'm very happy we had this chat Um, and yeah, grow myself physically and and in all kind of areas. But, but yeah, that's about it for me. Just keep growing. Just keep growing. Same as you. You know what? I'm really invested to hear about how your training is going with this new coach. Mm, Absolutely. (laughs) Cause uh, you know, you spoke about the word potential a few times. Um, And I feel like potential for me physically is uh, I really haven't even tapped into it whatsoever, really like a little bit, but um, I have a lot of work to do and and working with this coach is going to be the, the, the ticket to do that. 
Yeah. Chris 2.0. Yeah, something like that. Something <laughs> like that. Let's, let's build. Let's build. Um, all right. So lastly, Meg, before we let you go, uh, what would be kind of like your, I guess, final advice for any, any woman listening, women, men included, because it's the same kind of concept, that want to make amazing progress uh, physically and, and build, make a transformation the way you have? Oh, physically? Invest in a coach, apply yourself, just know that it's not an overnight thing. You need to mm. chip away and lay that foundation and show up every single day. Yep. Love it. Yep. Just show up anyway. The, the show Meg, up anyway. The Meg K hashtag. Hashtag show up anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Love it. Uh, all right. And lastly, uh, where, where can the listeners find you? What, what's your, I guess, social medias and things like that? Where can everybody check you out? My Instagram handle is MegK, M-E-G-K-A-E. And I have a YouTube channel. You just have to look up Meg Kimura um, and then you'll find your way to all my other platforms. Yep. Beautiful. All right, my friends. Well, uh, it's been an honor to have you on and um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, yeah, let's leave it at that, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, I look forward to part two, by the way. Yes, me too. All right. Talk to you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it, beautiful people. I really enjoyed that conversation and I hope you did too. And yeah, uh, if you did get any value out of that whatsoever, if you did enjoy it, then uh, it would mean a lot to me. It would only take you two seconds just to, yeah, basically share the shit out of the podcast. So just take a screenshot, post it up on your Instagram story, tag me, uh, let me know what you think in the Instagram story. I would greatly appreciate it. Probably the best way to help the show out. And, uh, and also, if you want to leave a review on any of the apps that you're currently using about the podcast, that would also mean a lot to me. But um, of course, it's your life. You do what you want to do. But uh, yeah, it would, um, it would definitely help out the show. And I look forward to seeing your Instagram stories, my friends. I will leave it at that for this episode. And I will see you in the next episode. Ciao, ciao.